What if curing mental illness was as simple as prescribing vitamins and minerals? Not just any vitamin and mineral, but specifically targeted vi vitamins and minerals based on a particular condition and expression of that condition. Well, I'm here to tell you that you can, and it's a protocol that I use at Ask Dr. Gill and my practice called the Walsh Protocol. Today on Ask Dr. Gill, I want to go in more in depth about the Walsh Protocol and what it is and how it works. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Ask Dr. Gill, the podcast. I'm Dr. Gil Winkleman. And today on the program, I want to talk more about the Walsh Protocol. And I've, I've discussed bits and pieces of it throughout the podcast. And you can go back through the episodes, if you will like, if you haven't already listened to them, and get pieces of it. But today I want to give a general overview about it. And the reason is, is I've gotten a number of questions because I mention it in other, in other uh, podcasts and also in, on my website. Uh, there is an article about this on the website, but I figured, well, some people don't read, you know, and they like listening to it. So, so let me talk about this from a perspective of what, what the overarching approach is and then sort of why it is kind of combined into this one behemoth, if you will, and it's actually not that complex, but it's pretty powerful. I am a Walsh certified practitioner by the Walsh Institute, and which was started by William Walsh or Bill Walsh, who's a PhD. Dr. Walsh has been studying mental health and mental illness since the 70s, and he had picked up on some work uh, that had been done in the 50s and 60s and decided hmm, this would be interesting to research. So he had been volunteering uh, with uh, prison prisoners in, in uh, high, high security prisons uh, in, in his hometown or near his hometown. And he decided, he, he got a grant, I guess, to do some research and looking at sort of the urine levels of, of pyroles. They're called cryptopyroles. And the last podcast I did last week was about pyroluria and found that that serial killers had really really high end of of these cryptopyroles and he thought hmm that's interesting so long story short he kind of put together uh looking at not just the pyroluria but also looking at zinc and copper balance and methylation issues and and that We've talked about in another podcast, but basically what happens, there's, a, there's basically two cycles in the body that one of them using folic acid takes methyl out of the system and one of them using L-methionine and SAMe puts methyl back into the system. Methyl is used as a messenger. It basically uh, attaches to various places, particularly the DNA inside the nucleus of, of, of our cells and it turns on and off various genes. And, and what, what can happen is, is if you have too little or too much, 
the, you'll have you'll have a, a, either an incomplete or or a skewed uh, expression of the genes. And so, so with with Dr. Walsh found is that. Uh, he, by the way, Dr. Walsh, over the years, has a database of over 30,000 cases of schizophrenia, of depression, of anxiety, of autism, of, of attention deficit and, and hyperactivity disorder, and then sort of these behavioral disorders that I'll, I'm going to lump together because he does uh, conduct disorder, oppositional defiance, antisocial be, uh, disorder, and reactive attachment disorder. So we'll put those into the behavior disorder. Well, what was interesting is, is that he didn't find that people with schizophrenia were undermethylated and people with ADD were overmethylated or people with depression had pyroluria and people with anxiety had too much copper and too little zinc. It didn't work that way. What he found was is that any one of those, you could have any one of the diagnoses, you could have any one of the subtypes. And so he basically said there's there's kind of five subtypes. So the subtypes are are uh, uh, overmethylation when there's too much methyl in the system in the system. It's also called low folate. Undermethylation when there's too little, which is also called high histamine because uh, methyl and histamine work opposite one another. Uh, there's also uh, high copper, which, which I kind of lump with low zinc as well. And then there's pyroluria, which is different than, than low zinc, high copper, because basically the, the zinc usually is normal in the body, but what happens is, is that it's not, being, it's not able to be utilized by the body. And, and, then, um, and then he has a fifth subtype, called which he calls heavy metals, but he has a few others. You know, there can be a gluten enteropathy that can show up. There can be some kind of other toxicity. And, and we're kind of thinking that there might be another subtype, which is a combination of undermethylation with pyroluria together. And it, and it actually behaves a little differently than, than either by themselves. So, so I just kind of, those are the subtypes. But what's interesting is that the subtype doesn't determine the diagnosis, right? So you, like I said, you can, you can have low folate and be schizophrenic. You can have low folate and have learning issues. You can have low folate and, and be depressed. You can have low folate and be manic depressed, you, can, you know, etc. And but, but the expression of that diagnosis will vary based on the subtype. And we really see this a lot in schizophrenia. Um, for example, people who are low folate schizophrenic will be different than someone who is, is undermethylated schizophrenic. They'll present differently. They'll, they'll have different characteristics. And so, so, you know, just to finish up with about Dr. Walsh, he, you know, has this database of 30,000 cases, and he was uh, doing this research. And over the years, he determined that probably about 38%, 37 to 38% of schizophrenics can be cured with a folic acid regimen. And it's not just giving a little bit of folic acid, it's actually a pretty high dose. And, and his research was actually confirmed a couple of years ago by Harvard Med. They, they say it's 31%. Um, you know, Dr. Walsh says it's 37%. I'm actually gonna go with Dr. Walsh on this one. He has way more data than Harvard Med uh, did in this study. 
but but the idea behind it actually uh, was congruent. And Harvard uh, Medical School uh, confirmed what his findings were, and that giving folate, you know, methylfolate, avoiding methylating agents uh, such as L-methionine and SAMe will help these populations. And if they comply with the treatment plan, the, their symptoms go away. The, you know, it's the, the schizophrenia, the, the delusions goes away. And, and I can speak from my own uh, experience in practice that I've seen this happen. And I've had a number of people who've showed up. Low histamine is, is generally how we, we determine that. And we treat their, we, we start giving them folate and uh, the symptoms go away and they're doing great. And I, I had a couple of kids, uh, you know, uh, late teens, early 20s, who were showing this. And, you know, a cu couple of these kids uh, that I'm thinking about are incredibly bright, incredibly bright kids were at top level universities and, you know, had to withdraw and they're doing much better now. So, so I'm going to take a quick break. And, and I'm going to kind of go into a little bit more detail about sort of how, uh, what we do in, in the process with the Walsh Protocol. So stay tuned and I'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. To Ask Dr. Gill, I'm Dr. Gill Winkleman, and today we are talking about the Walsh Protocol. So I want to delve a little bit more into sort of the process, but before I do that, what I'd like to do is uh, just remind listeners, uh, if you listened to last week's podcast, uh, you know, I talked about this. I'm working on a book. I'm looking at it being a workbook, but I'm not totally sure yet. Uh, and the reason I'm not sure is I want to hear from you, my listener, my patient, uh, people who just follow my blog. Uh, my information, by the way, is at www.askdrgil.com. That's Ask Dr. Gill. And I, I actually am putting together some topics, and I, but I'd like to hear what other people would like to see. Like what would help you on your journey to health? What would help you help your family members on their journey to health? I know with mental health illness in particular, sometimes the person who needs the help doesn't seek it out. And so it's a family member, whether it's a parent or a, or a grandparent or you know a sibling, that's kind of the piece that is tricky with this, you know, and, and so that's part of how I'm thinking about this. But but there are definitely topics that I think could be covered. And if you have an idea for one, send me an email at info at askdrgil.com. That's info at askdrgil.com. Great. So let's get back to the Walsh Protocol. And I am basically going to oversimplify it, but I want to let you kind of know the process. And as I talk about this, I, I also want you to keep in mind that it's not always this simple. Like very few patients will actually read the textbook <laughs> is kind of the joke that we have uh, as far as coming in to the office because 
typically what happens is is that the test results come in and it's there's, it, there's a gray area there. There's lots of gray areas. But what we uh, do is we are going to look at various elements in a blood chemistry panel as well as a, the urine test because we want to we eliminate the possibility that there might be pyroluria in the, in the system. Now, sometimes we get a false negative. It's rare that we get a false positive in the pyroluria test, but sometimes we get a false negative. And so we want to look at sort of uh, the test results, but we also want to do that in connection with the intake. So, you know, typically, and, and this could be a patient who's in Portland. I do a lot of work with people who aren't in Portland. I do uh, what's called telehealth services or telemedicine. And I'll have patients, call, you know, call in or we'll do a video conference. They, we order the blood work and we'll do that before, the, before we actually do the conference. So we'll do that. And I also have an intake paperwork that's specifically geared towards uh, kind of three areas. Uh, one is the Walsh protocol. One is a more general naturopathic approach. And the third is a, a traumatic brain injury approach. And I do that because oftentimes the Walsh protocol doesn't work because of one of the other two that's out of balance. And, and Dr. Walsh talks about this. If there's a brain injury and that's like the overriding concern and issue, that takes priority. Treating that brain injury needs to happen first before you can use the protocol. And, and we, we're not totally sure why that is. Uh, with patients in Portland, if, if I suspect that, I kind of do everything at once. I'll do, because I, I can do neurofeedback locally. I haven't figured out a way to do that remotely yet. That would be kind of cool. Um, and, and it's interesting because I have gotten a, a number of calls and or I have patients whose family lives somewhere else in the country and there's no one there. Like they, they have no naturopaths. They have no one who does Walsh protocol. They have no one who does neurofeedback. I mean, it's really, it's really kind of unfortunate. Now for the non-neurofeedback people, I can do Walsh protocol, you know, using telemedicine. I can't do neurofeedback that way, at least not yet. So, but you know, so we'll do this intake and we'll look at the test results and you can't just do the test results just like you can't just read Dr. Walsh's book and say, oh yeah, I'm undermethylated or I have pyroluria. It, it kind of doesn't work that way. You, you really need to see the numbers. And I um, have had a few patients who couldn't afford the test or before I just sort of, you know, kind of was a new doc and I just assumed that, yeah, I know what's going on here. And the problem is, is that if you don't do the test, you can't always figure out if the treatment is working or not. So, you you know, one, one of the cases I worked with, for example, uh, we were pretty, pretty clear it was under, an undermethylation issue uh, and we didn't do the test and we were treating. And the person was actually getting better, and they, but they still had some lingering effects and they still had some uh, allergies because that seasonal allergy shows up with undermethylation because your histamine's high as a result of the methylation. And what happened was is that I ended up doing the test, you know, and, and they were still high. The histamine was still high. What I didn't know was, had it come down or was it just still high? And so that's a, that's a case where kind of getting that baseline at the beginning can be really, really helpful to guide the treatment. Uh, and so as it turned out, this particular case, we got lucky in that uh, I just increased the methylating agents to help bring that down further. 
And I also started doing some other naturopathic stuff to help with that because I suspected that there was a, a heavy metal issue going on that was causing it to stay high even with the methylating agents, the L-methionine and the SAMe that was being given to the, to the patient. And, and so at that point, you know, we were able to help get the methylation cycle unstuck, as you, if you will, and, and kind of get going again. So, but that's the basic idea behind doing Walsh protocol is, is that you want to understand both the biochemistry in the blood and the urine, as well as kind of how the person is presenting. And there's plenty of cases where someone, for example, one of the tests that we do is a whole blood histamine test. And there's plenty of cases where there's a, a conflict between the results in that test and how the person is presenting. And so it's not always 100%. And then there's another test we can do. It's definitely more money that this other test, a methylation panel that we can do. And sometimes I do that as well to be, you know, to be clear about that. But this is kind of the, the general overview of what happens. So based on the results, we can put together a customized treatment plan that uses specific supplements for their situation. And, you know, a, a case in point, I was talking about the, the low folate schizophrenia. Well, you, you want to use a fairly high dose of folic acid for these people, and you want to make sure that there's no methylating agents that are being added on top of that. So you wouldn't want to give them SAMe or L-methionine in that situation. And the, the reverse is also true, right? So you, you also want to look at um, if they're if they're undermethylated, you don't want to give folate in that situation. Now, I'm, I'm throwing this out. There are cases where you will give folate in, in an undermethylated patient. For example, if they're at risk for heart disease you, you kind of and their homocysteine is high, you want to be able to bring that down, bring that into a safe level, and then start adding the methylation agent. There's other edge cases in terms of cancer risk as well. So that's the general approach. Of, of how I do this and, and also how any Walsh certified practitioner would do it. I, I happen to be a Walsh certified practitioner as well. But basically you're, you're doing an intake, you're doing tests, and then you're prescribing supplements, and then you do a follow-up and you want to see how the patient's doing. You know, are they following the plan is, is you know, the obvious reason why something wouldn't happen. Uh, what Dr. Walsh has said, and I don't remember the exact number, but it's a high number, I think it's 75 to 85%, which is kind of the number I've seen as well. Uh, you, that's the, that's the, the improvement we see. We see 75 to 85% of the patients uh, that, that I've seen using the Walsh protocol have found that their symptoms abated or became much better as a result of the treatment. I don't want to say it's a cure because, you know, in some cases there are still lingering issues and autism is you know classic example of that uh, many of the patients that i've worked with with autism have found great improvements in their lives as a result of it pretty much you know the majority of the parents of uh, of these kids would still say that their kid is autistic as would you know any other healthcare professional so it's not you know necessarily a cure in 
And for some of the cases, like some of the schizophrenic cases, if they stop taking the folic acid, they're going to get schizophrenia again. Like it, it, it will come back. And that's the piece that, you know, I kind of add the naturopathic approach to understand sort of the balance of the interplay of the of organ systems. And I will, will probably do a podcast about this, but, but basically you want to balance the body back out so that they don't necessarily need that supplement for the rest of their life. And that's, that's ultimately the goal that I have is, is how do we get people to a place where they don't need anything, right? And we may never get there with some of the people, and, and that is definitely a possibility. But the goal is to not have to be taking something the rest of your life. On the other hand, if it improves your quality of life, if it helps you be healthier, and you sort of keep up with it, I mean, you don't want to just put it on autopilot. You want to you want to make sure that you kind of get follow up at least once every year, if not every few, you know, few years, just so you know that the supplements that you're using are the correct ones, right? Still, and and a great example of that is someone who might have pyroluria. I've had a few cases of pyroluria that they didn't need the zinc anymore, and just giving zinc by itself can actually be detrimental to the body because it might leach copper out, and we need. We all need copper as well, and they will compete in the body. So you kind of have to pay attention to it, but it's not something that you uh, you know necessarily have to worry about as much as say doing a pharmaceutical either. By the way, just as a quick aside, many pharmaceuticals will affect these nutrients in the body. You know, for example, B6 or zinc or copper can be depleted as a result of certain pharmaceuticals, and that's going to affect your mental health and your physical health as well. So, all right, that's all I have for you guys this week. I hope you've enjoyed the program and have a better idea of what the Walsh protocol uh, is and what that means. Uh, I uh, am happy to answer any questions. Uh, If you have comments or if you have a topic you want me to cover, please send me an email to info at askdrgill.com, I-N-F-O, at askdrgil.com. I will see you next week. Have a great week and take care. 